Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Look what free speech has gotten you, right? And, and if free speech is going to bring a Hitler to power, are you still going to defend the rights of those people to speak? If you talk about the things that affect your daily life. The secret to being a good actor. I don't really care, actually, whether Britain remains Britain. His dad was actually murdered in front of him. Marine Le Pen has changed the Pont National. If it's like kind of like a documentary investigative reporting serialized true crime, it often gets into questions about the justice system or the media. In an uncertain world, there's always music which can be listened to in good company. Welcome to Friday 15, the show where we speak to friends and interesting people to the backdrop of great tunes and allocate 15 minutes to vote. Good question. Really good question. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Ladies and gentlemen, please remain standing for the singing of our national anthem. said Britain is just a small island that no one pays attention to. A former colony won the right to determine its own destiny. Hello, and before we start the show properly, just a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, Mid-Atlantic has been running for some four years now, and um, the show gives me great joy allows me to uh, speak to people with great minds pundits and uh, progressives about the issues of the day if you um, take something away from uh, listening to Mid-Atlantic please and especially if it's positive please go on to iTunes and write us a review we have precious few reviews I don't normally ask and beg for them like I do in other podcasts that I do but please go on to your local iTunes and please rate us if you think we're worth five stars and um, give us that but it really would mean a lot to me it also means that other listeners at least other potential listeners uh, will get to know about the show long-time listeners will know that mid-atlantic is part of the agora podcast network and uh, agora is chock-a-block full of great independent podcasters Every October, we run a thing called Agrophobia, and it returns this month. It's spooky, macabre, and strange fiction and non-fiction stories that celebrate the spirit of Halloween. If you want to go and listen to uh, to their shows, uh, go to the Agora Podcast Network or 
you can uh, go to the Gorg Podcast Network um, via iTunes and each Friday for the Friday of October there will be a new show so it's going to be four shows this month and you'll be able at the end to actually to vote on which shows your favorite so if you're into uh spooky and macabre things uh this is this is the month for you on the agora podcast network and that's agorapodcastnetwork.com but now on with uh, a new show hello and welcome to mid-atlantic the show where at least normally we look at the news and the views from one side of the atlantic from the perspective of the other i am royfield brown in a somewhat sunny san francisco uh, today is somewhat of a departure and something new for us on the show we're joined by our semi-regular guest tim marshall who is uh, the ex-bbc and sky foreign correspondent and now is the editor of the what and the why.com so um one of the things which you'll know about me uh, is that i absolutely love world politics geopolitics and we thought we'd have a collaboration between Mid-Atlantic and the what and the why.com um, on a regular basis where we'd look at views and news which are not just uh, from Britain and the US. So today we're joined by Tim and we're going to look at the issue of Catalan independence. Hello Tim, how are you? Never better other than the ubiquitous grey sky of London. According to Catalan officials, 90% of people who took part in an independence referendum there have voted to break away from Spain. The Catalonian president has announced the region deserves to be an independent country following Sunday's vote. Let's hear what he said. With this day of hope and suffering, the citizens of Catalonia have earned the right to an independent state in the form of a republic. As a consequence, my government will announce in Parliament the centre and expression of our people's sovereignty, the results we have received today from the referendum. The skies over Catalonia at the moment, how exactly are they looking after that referendum vote on October the 1st? They are also cloudy, but they're also grey, and they're tinged with black, by which I mean they are heading into very, um, if I can mix my metaphors now, turbulent waters, Today, the Catalan government has said it, it does intend to express uh, independence, declare independence, mm-hmm. um, after the weekend. This follows on from the King of Spain last night going on television for the whole nation and saying this is a very bad idea. And it, it, it makes you ask what happens if they do uh, declare independence because Madrid then has to uh, declare its uh, semi-autonomy, which it, the status it has at the moment, null and void, and then there's direct rule of Catalonia from Madrid. And when you've, you've already seen the violence just for the vote, this might escalate. Right. So for those of our listeners that maybe weren't paying too much attention to uh, the Catalan movements and aspirations for independence before this vote. Can you tell us the reasons why Catalonia feels so aggrieved with the Spanish state? Why has things got to such a point? Well, back in the 12th century... (laughs) So it's a good century to start from. (laughs) Seriously, I'll I'll do it as quick as possible. 12th century, uh, Catalan became part of Spain. It was the the crown of Aragon before that. And they've had a mixed relationship. Um, They've usually got on okay, but there have been periodic bouts of wanting to break away. 
Uh, and that was certainly the case during the Spanish Civil War in the 1930s. And then it, throughout the Franco dictatorship uh, of the latter half of the 20th century, for example, you couldn't speak um, Catalan. You had to speak uh, Castilian, which is a, what they regard as the national language of Spain. Uh, the Barcelona fans used to sing on the terraces in Catalan, the football fans, precisely because, mm-hmm. you know, you couldn't arrest 80,000 of them. And so there's always been this tension between Madrid and Barcelona and what are essentially two capitals. And then you fast forward to this century and into into democracy. Now, Catalan, and this is a crucial part of it, Catalonia is about 15 to 16% of Spain's population, but it's the richest region. It's about 20% of its GDP. So they think, you know what? Seven and a half million of us, we could make a go of this as a small European nation, independent nation. And so they have been militating towards this, culminating in this vote, which you have to take their idea that they got a 90% vote for independence with a pinch of salt. Uh, They didn't. A, because the half of Catalonia that doesn't want to break away didn't vote, it boycotted. And anyway, those that did vote... Some of them clearly voted more than once. But that's the sort of background to it, that the nationalists, the Catalan nationalists, believe, some of them, they have come to a point where they need to be an independent nation. Okay. All right. So um, we have a situation whereby, um, at best, the vote has been contentious uh, this weekend, but the, the, the Spanish state has somewhat overplayed its hand at least visually anyway and this has massively shocked uh people all around the world if not just people in catalonia and in spain um in terms of making wrong moves how wrong could the spanish state actually have been with uh with a show of paramilitary force on 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 sunday and and what does that say about to to the other nations of the EU that here we are we have an established democracy um, one of the one of the keystones of, of of the EU Spain we're not talking about a, a small country no disrespect to Lithuania whereby you have almost have this paramilitary uh, show of force stopping whether it was legal or not people trying to exercise their democratic rights it wasn't legal now you can go into the the morality uh, which, which is connected with separate issue, but under the Spanish constitution, upheld by the Supreme Court in Madrid, it was ruled, no, our constitution says you can't do this without permission from the national government, but they went ahead and did it. So it wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't legal, which therefore under the constitution does allow you to take measures to uphold the rule of law. So, so far, fine. But what the Prime Minister Rajoy did was completely underestimate the passions that were running and sending in paramilitary policemen from outside of Catalonia, which has its own internal police force, uh, the Squadron Madrasa, to seize ballot boxes and to beat people over the head, men, women and children, it's not a good look. So he could have fallen back on, okay, we have declared this law, so no matter what you do, we're not going to recognise it, and then dealt with whatever they did after the vote. What he's done is both 
failed to stop the vote through the violence and shown the world that he's prepared to use violence to stop voting. So it's a lose-lose for the Spanish government, and they've played it extremely badly. Um, and, and the ramifications are not, as you pointed out, Rafael, it's not just Spain, it is the EU, because there are several other parts uh, of Europe which have similar independence uh, movements who will be emboldened by what they've seen in Catalonia. All right, before we go on to maybe those other bits of Europe, um, other bits of constituent parts of states of the, of the EU that might want to separate, um, what does this do to Spain's internal politics? There is um, obviously uh, the, the current administration is uh, right-leaning. Um, so, you know, so uh, the socialists, are, are they completely and utterly behind uh, the Spanish government's uh, position here and in how they've actually dealt with uh, the Catalonian independence referendum? They agree that it should remain part of Spain. Um, They are not in agreement with the measures taken so far by the right-leaning current government. And what it does for the politics is that it divides opinion left, right and centre and it inflames passions. We've actually seen on the streets of Madrid people giving the uh, Franco dictatorship salute and flying the flag of those years as the right wing in Madrid reacts to the nationalism of Catalonia. So you can see it's splitting. You then have the Basque country near Catalonia, another region of Spain. You have Galicia, another region of Spain. You have Andalusia, etc., etc. And they all have their small independence movements, very small, most, well, the Basques is pretty big. But what each individual constituent part, which has its own versions of nationalism, looks at how the national government has behaved, and it can only push you into the camp of thinking, why would I be supportive of this central uh, power, Madrid, if it treats uh, its various regions in this manner? So it's really, really damaging for for the internal unity of Spain. There is a way out. Um, it's got to come reasonably soon. The way out is that this was a non-binding referendum, but they say they're going to declare independence. To avoid that, you have to talk to each other. One of the things they can talk about is taxation. Next door in the Basque country, the Basques, um, they had a campaign of terror, uh, the Basque separatist movement, including bombings and shootings. What they ended up with, with their semi-autonomous region, was that they had the right to tax and keep the tax. Now, if Madrid wants to enter into negotiations with the Catalonian government, that is something they could give them and say, look, we'll give you parity with what happened with the Basques. If the whole thing was a game of chicken and Madrid blinks, at that point, the Catalonian government can say, we accept and they've got a much better deal than they had a month ago. If there is no talks, if there are no talks, and they do declare independence, and Madrid does impose direct rule, then the police force of Catalonia has a very difficult decision to make, uh, including its senior officers and its politicians. Uh, What happens if Madrid decides to send in the police again Uh, to take over the the, the structures of local government, will the local police force, um, I think there's 17,000 of them, allow that, 
or will they join the people and start pushing people away, pushing the police forces away? And the added problem with that is, as I said before, only half of people actually do support Catalonian independence. So you, you'll have but not just Spain and Catalonia at daggers drawn, possibly literally, you will have the population of Catalonia split amongst themselves. Uh, I want to share the most recent update, which involves the King of Spain and a very rare speech that he gave today, which was rather forceful in regard to uh, being against the separatists and uh, you know making statements calling for unity in Spain. Now, King Philippe VI of Spain accused the region's separatist leaders of inadmissible disloyalty and of creating a situation of extreme gravity that threatened the country's constitution and unity. He also said that with their irresponsible conduct, they can even put at risk the economic and social stability of Catalonia and the whole of Spain. So instead of uh, just pontificating from afar, we thought we'd have a Madrinenio. I didn't quite say that correctly. Uh, a good friend of mine, Dominic Stewart, who, uh, as he will uh, attest, is not actually a native-born Spaniard, but now lives there to give us perspective of somebody who is actually resident in Spain. Uh, Dom, um, first off, put your cards on the table. Are you pro or anti-Catalan uh, independence? Uh, well, uh, to, to, to be honest, I, sh- I should be. It's a, strange com- it's a strange thing to actually do, but it's something that is happening internally in Spain at the moment. I, I swing mostly and always have done more to the centre-left and always have done. And actually, I have voted out here in Spain and I have voted, actually, oddly enough, um, far left. I voted for Podemos in the... Uh, about four or five years ago when um, the whole breaking of the current two-party system happened. Uh, One of the big uh, parties was a Mm far-left one. Um, Technically, it it is a left-wing, it is a left fight and everything like that, but I, like many people, um, am fully against what what they are doing right now because um, simply for the simple fact of it is is that it is not legitimate. Um, And so my cards are that it's a very strange thing because lots of people in Spain are having this right now. It's a very strange thing is that I am not a big fan of the popular party, the, the conservatives who are in charge right now, but I am siding 100% on their side. So as I understand it, uh, being uh, an yep. interested observer, uh, at the heart of this, let, let's take out the whole root of the, the frustration that Catalans might feel with Spain. Yep. Let's put that to one side. Ultimately, the Spanish constitution says Spain is Spain. You cannot opt out. Well, you can opt out. Um, there, there is a, but there is a route to it. How? There, there is a process. And the route of that process is that you have to do like, I mean, it's, it's not, putting it very basically, the system is like any system. It's the same system that happened up in, um, in the UK. You have to get a uh, you have to get a majority in your own parliament to then table motions towards the um, towards the, the the national government, and then it has to be hashed out there. And what happens in that case is the referendum is either the case is put together, and the, the, it goes from there on. I mean, in the UK, they decided that it was going to be Scotland voted, um, and they, it was a yes or no up and down question. All that stuff was hashed out. The same principle provides here. Um, Catalonia doesn't have doesn't have the votes. Okay. Uh, doesn't have the full support. 
to do that process. And what they've done instead is they've gone around. So it's a subversion. But don't you don't you think don't you think though that um, the prime minister of Spain in effect has now has played massively Absolutely. into Catalan Absolutely. hands? Absolutely, without a doubt. By... And everyone here knows it too. And everyone saw it. And even they saw it. The problem is, is that you've got you have a you have a situation in Spain at the moment where you have um, uh, a kind of a very str- you've had a very strange situation that uh, uh, you've got the centralized um, very hard. Uh, very conservative government who are in a weak position at the moment. The problem is, is that they've kind of ended up running by accident. They shouldn't really be there because they've lost so much support. But the problem is, is that all the other guys, no one else really wants to give any of them an absolute majority either. So they've all had to, they've had an opportunity. We, we had to vote twice so that they could be a coalition. It was very, it was there, it was on the table, and they couldn't do it. And uh, the Mariana Rajoy government is a government of simply of, of extreme patience. They just simply wait things out and allow everyone, all the other sides, to kind of fall down around them. Did you say they, of extreme they patience, extreme Dominic? Patience. They, they, they simply... Because that's not what... Ah, no, you well, know, if you just talk, no, looked at Spanish politics... Before you get it, just... I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, yes, extreme patience, because police went in and started bashing people around. But you have to understand that I'm coming at you from a point that Spain and the internal parts of Spain are a little bit surprised at the international freakout, but we do I mean, we do know it because everyone suddenly sees this great big thing about, you know, oh, there's the, everyone just wants to vote, the next thing police are bashing people around. But no, what I mean by extreme patience is that we went through 2016, effectively half the year without a government because uh, they couldn't form an, uh, a majority. They couldn't get any coalitions together. There wasn't enough. You needed to get three parties to kind of join together. And the, the popular party simply waited all of that out. They waited for the other guys to just fight and bicker and not be able to come up with something and formed a minority government, which is what they've done. They are a party who literally are, they are, they are prototypical, um, prototypical conservative parties. They're very by the book, they're, they're very cold, they're unempathetic, and this the situation was dealt. But, like okay, that. but but Dominic, it's uh, it, it, uh, that that I understand hmm. to a point, but I don't know whether it's because you you, you take hmm. not you 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 being everybody else takes a certain amount of uh, hmm. prejudice into this, but. Of all the countries in Western Europe, with the possible exception of Portugal, if you're going to see policemen lined up, um, in effect stopping people to vote, and then cracking skulls, you know it's it's hard not to say Spain scratch that itch. No, no, fascism. but I mean, and, and that you know, car, it's only that you know the mid 1970s. Very, very, very Internally here in Spain, and again, like I say, I'm not I'm I'm not a person who falls to that side at all about it. But there is a there is a sort of um, uh, Spain is, is is quite a complex country inside, uh, and has still has a lot of hangovers from the, the you know the Franco regime. However, I do have to say that. Um, this thing that happened on this weekend is effectively uh, the Catalans stumbling into an advantageous situation where they were able to whip up enough um, 
support to be able to realistically effectively call an, a completely 100% illegal referendum and then broadcast before that happened that it doesn't matter what the minimum amount of people that were going to vote for, they just need the number of a winning yes to go for them as they had snuck a law through saying that they could, as a, as a region, immediately call direct independence, which goes completely, it was immediately ruled, uh, not only at a national level, by a national judge, uh, by judges actually, um, and the constitutional court as illegal. It was then ruled by Catalan judges as illegal. It was also then um, deemed interna uh, recognized internationally. Not, not one country has recognized this as being anything but an illegal move. They didn't mind. They, they, they sprang the trap and Spain bit. And they, they, they did do a terrible... I mean, you know what? They went in and uh, the, the civil guards went in. They've always been that way. They went in uh, hard and heavy. And it's played, in, it's played badly. But effectively, what has happened, and this is how it's seen in Spain, and it's seen all over Spain, is that... Um, an illegal, because an illegal move was made to try uh, for a region which was being co-opted by a group of people who were uh, in the minority in their country, in their, in their area, their region, sorry, to try and separate in independence. And the state went in and stopped the vote, heavy-handed and, and badly. And what has happened now, as you've seen from this weekend, um, a little bit of, you know, okay, fine, people talking outside how terrible it is, fascism, this, that, and the other. The Popular Party doesn't care about that. What's hap what has happened internally in Spain is you've now seen a crystallization of the country really fall onto their side. Um, and this is an internal, this is an internal matter. And they've doubled down now, effectively, last night by having the king go in and fully back them up with all the power of the state, and then throw it back into their into their laps. It's, I mean, and now you've you've had Puigdemont, who is from the Catalans, um, kind of flailing about a bit. He's come out and done a speech tonight. This is being pushed by two slightly inept and also incredibly stubborn groups that are heading towards what is. I mean, people people are getting a little dramatic. It's not going to go to civil war. There are, number one, you need to have guns on one side, and there's only one side that has that. It's never going to go to military. But what it is going to happen is that an Article 155, which is in the Constitution, which is legal, will be enacted, is already set up on the table, that uh, the government of, of Spain will go in, dissolve the parliament, call new elections, and get a new round of people in to talk about what they need to do to fix the problem. That is where we're at. Call a new round of elections nationwide nope, nope, or in Catalonia. throughout Catalonia? And you've got, actually, the thing about it in Catalonia, there are um, approximately, I mean, which was, it was a very corrupted and, um, uh, process. It was actually a process that, that, that hasn't got any authenticity whatsoever. They've even found that it, uh, there are areas, 71 areas, regions of Catalonia actually had more votes than people registered to vote in those areas. You can just show, it was just a total mess. They didn't care. They wanted, a, they wanted to be able to just get a number out there. Um, there are parties in there that don't want to go. It, there is approximately, it's valued at somewhere around, three. there was about 2.2 2 million people that they've called who said that they voted to leave. 
is approximately 3.5 who never were given the option to even vote on that side because there was no no campaign. It was set up in such a way that immediately was deemed illegal. So, of course, no one on the no side even bothered because it was illegal from the outset. So it was a setup. The streets will always be ours, they chanted. Teachers and students, shoppers and shopkeepers, commuters and public transport workers. Tens of thousands of them took the day off work to claim the wide boulevards of Barcelona. Well, the crowd here is just incredible. We've been walking for block after block after block, and it's the same. Thousands upon thousands of people. The atmosphere is pretty cheerful, as you can see, but there is also a lot of anger about the police violence at the polling stations, and I'm pretty sure that the crowd wouldn't be this big today if it hadn't been for what happened on Sunday. Catalans are divided over the issue of independence, but the scenes of police beating voters with truncheons has created a sense of solidarity and of alienation from Madrid. They're trying to pull us in the violent corner so they can justify the violence against the population. Let's try and end up by trying to at least yeah. understand the frustrations of Catalans that want to leave Spain. As you as somebody who believes in Spain as a state, you're there yeah. in the capital, you're in and, Madrid. And, and let me remember your um, one thing I believe that the Catalans should have their referendum to leave, that they should do it. This is just not the way. They should have, they should have, okay. I mean, they've got everything in place to a certain extent to be able to try and do it. They just haven't had the votes and they've, they've tried to pull the fast one. That's the bit that me and many other people, most people in Madrid, um, and in other parts of Spain are a little bit fed up of hearing the Catalan issue uh, and actually are quite happy to be able to, to let them Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom like Evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds Salads generally for most people are the easy button right? For me that wasn't an option I never really was a salad guy that's just not who I am but Noom worked for me Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I, I know you're, you're sat in London and I'm sat in San Francisco, so we can only but speculate. But do you think that 
maybe the the actions of of the Spanish state in in those scenes have pushed, let's say, people who were soft remainers into the, at least the soft let's go camp. So maybe um, Catalan um, feelings have been inflamed. Well, very much. I I think if you were a a floating voter or or if you were a wavering voter, uh, I I think that the the behaviour of the Spanish police will have pushed significant numbers of wavering voters into the leave camp. Uh, And it will certainly have caused great anxiety amongst even people that don't want to leave. So I think think Rajoy has just played into the nationalist's hands, I believe. And there's nothing like uh, painting yourself out to be um, a beleaguered nation against an invader if you send in foreign police force, you know, it's... uh, all right, so let, let, let's move this slightly away from Spain. So where where else in, in the EU, let's just deal with the EU, uh, where else in the EU does this, has, does this vote have ramifications, instant ramifications? Uh, Scotland. Um, now, I don't think politically that's going to come back on the agenda yet. Um, the election we had here, the Conservatives who want to keep the union together and Labour made a comeback and the Nationalists had a bit of a loss. So I don't think it's going to come back on our agenda yet nevertheless it will it will embolden scottish nationalists uh, to continue their fight to break free uh, from the united kingdom in uh, belgium there is a very strong uh, separatist movement between the flemish speakers and the french speakers uh, they will be emboldened and um, well i mean how long have you got royfield because uh, let, you know, we can start with the Austrian-Hungarian Empire and what it now c- constitutes, <laughs> and we can just continue through history. Because, for example, there are parts of Serbia which are Hungarian-speaking, mm-hmm. which Hungary wouldn't mind having back. There's parts of Romania that, that argue with Bulgaria, etc., etc. This is a can of worms that, personally, I don't think should be opened, uh, but but it is, and it is a sign of our increasingly nationalistic times. In, I think it's interesting that you said this is uh, nationalism. Is it nationalism or is it regionalism? And I don't want to be pedantic for the sake of being pedantic, but um, there are many books um, out there that say that the nation state is basically dead. And um, I'm going to use a word which I can never pronounce and never in a hurry, subsidiarity. Mm-hmm. I see I can never say the word, that power is moving up and moving down. So in terms of defence... No developed um, economy in the world r- truly has sovereignty over its national defence. We pull that with with our neighbours, and then, but then, uh, power then has moved downwards in terms of, let's say, economic development, mm-hmm. and that really there are very few things left for the nation state. Isn't that what we're seeing? Because we have the super national structure of the EU. And it's interesting you talked about the Austro-Hungarian Empire, which arguably you could say was a, a nascent kind of EU 100 plus years ago, um, which each region um, kind of had certain devolved powers, uh, but they pulled um, the, the head of state. The head of state was, was, was you know, was the same as was the Austrian emperor or the Hungarian king, which was one and the same person. But there were national languages spoken uh, and, and local laws. Isn't that really what we're seeing? And it's not necessarily nationalism, but regionalism. I I agree with most of what you said, other than your definitions, because Catalonia 
sees itself as a nation. Mm-hmm. And therefore, if they want to have their own nation state, I regard that as nationalism. The Scottish Nationalist Party is called the Scottish Nationalist Party for a reason. They are nationalists. They want the nation of Scotland to be independent from the pooled sovereignty of the United Kingdom. Where I disagree with you is that the idea that the nation state is dead, I think it's coming rapidly back into fashion. I think we see that Mm -hmm. with, for example, the European Union is currently taking Poland to court on a number of human rights issues, and the Poles are saying pretty much, screw you to the EU. I think nationalism, both at nation state level, is really back in fashion. And these expressions of what you call regionalism, I'm calling it nationalism because it is based on a sense of nationhood. Now, you don't have a sense of uh, nationhood, let's say, with four regions of Germany who all feel that they're one nation. No, but you do have a sense of nationhood, a very diluted one, in Bavaria, which is because they're all Bavarian. So the point I'm making is is that you might call it regionalism, but that region is made up of people who feel themselves to be a nation, and that is why they want to rule themselves. I suppose, Tim, the, the, uh, and again, we, we could be getting somewhat into yeah. the weeds uh, on this, but if we look at nationalism as defined by the 19th century, it was very bellicose, and invariably... It, it was a case of putting together the unredeemed parts of the nation. It was a, ca- it was a case of we are better than our neighbours, we need to invade this bit, get this bit back, we need to assert ourselves. Whereas Scottish nationalism isn't about that. It's about recognising that the Scots are different, but it's very different from that kind of 19th century version of it. If you looked at 19th century politics... Um, in the Balkans, it was all about the Bulgarians wanting to grab Macedonia, the Romanians wanting Transylvania as a way of asserting themselves. I don't um, think that's finished. Uh, uh, but but okay, but but we have a very different phenomena, let's say, within Western uh, Europe, yes. and this uh, and this idea of nationalism forward slash regionalism that. Areas just want to cleave off, actually kind of quite quietly, but still want to be part of wider economic uh, and political structures. So um, I've always thought that um, Scottish nationalism, just for what it's worth, without wanting to go massively off the, the topic of Catalonia, um, was, was, was interesting in that the, the people who call themselves the nationalists generally are people who are politically left of centre and um, and don't uh, and and yes there's a certain amount of flag waving but there is no uh, talk of any kind of national superiority that we associate with nationalism in a European historical context. Yeah well in uh, between 1918 and 1989 the Russians told everybody that they were communists but what came first every single time was Mother Russia. Hmm. I, I just, you know, people hide behind, oh, I am left-wing, therefore I am nice and cuddly and I, I'm, I'm on the side of the angels, where they can be just as thuggish as people on the right and frequently are. So I, I don't buy that. Um, going briefly back to the Balkans, the wars of 1911, 12 and 13 are not over. 
Bulgaria still wants part of Romania. Romania still wants part of this, etc. Albania, there is such a thing as an irredentist greater Albanian feeling, which wants parts of both Macedonia and Kosovo, etc., etc. This is not finished. History has not stopped just because we live in an advanced Western society where usually we do things by the book and usually we don't go to war. So let's move to Western Europe where war appears to be unthinkable. But we thought war was unthinkable in Europe until the Balkan Wars broke out again in the uh, the 90s after Yugoslavia collapsed. So yeah, you're right. Um, The nation states of the West in the EU do things by the book and we go to court with each other and we discuss uh, legally our disputes with each other and we come to an arrangement and long may that continue. But um, that is a very small part of the world where that happens, and it's called the EU. All right. So let, let's move back to the, to the case in hand, and we're talking about Catalonia. We, so the president of the Catalonian uh, parliament potentially this weekend has said that he's going to call for, declare, sorry, Catalonian yeah. independence. Um, what do you believe that the Spanish state will do? It will stand by its ruling, the ruling that it has by the Supreme Court, which is separate from the executive. You know, this is not necessarily a political decision that this vote was illegal. So it will remind people that under the laws of the nation and the Constitution, which talks about the, 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 the nation of Spain being, uh, you cannot uh, separate it. And at that point, they have to say we're having direct rule. Um, for example, we tried that in the United Kingdom with Northern Ireland for a while. Um, didn't go too well. So that if if they if if a they go they declare independence and then b Madrid says well no we're going to rule you directly from Madrid now. At that point, if and when. The Catalonian independence movement sets up its own uh, army, if you like, its own government, which, and it doesn't send any money to Madrid, it keeps all its taxes, it begins to have what is required for a nation state. Let's say you need a passport to come in. Let's say the ports that come in, any, any goods that come in, come through the Catalonian government. It's got nothing to do with Madrid. At that point, Madrid either has to give up Catalonia the richest region of Spain, or, in shorthand, it has to send in the tanks. Just to finish up, uh, I know you're a man, Tim, that, that likes a flag. What do you rank to the design of the Catalan flag? <laughs> Catalan <laughs> flag's um, easy. It, it's great. Um, when, you, when you see it, uh, if you watch uh, TV news as opposed to listening to podcasts, which I think is a much better thing to do, but you'll see the Catalan flag. It's um, golden red. Um, and sometimes it has f- uh, four stripes, red stripes. These are known as El Cuatro D de Sang, the four fingers of blood, because, uh, again, it started in the 12th century, so I'll finish there. This goes back to when it was the crown of Aragon, and their ruler was <laughs> splendidly named Wilfred the Hairy, and he had a shield. He <laughs> was having a battle with the Moorish army. He went down blood everywhere, the comrades picked up his arm and drew the four fingers in blood across his shield, which is why, to this day, the Catalan flag 
has these red stripes across it. Now, the empirical evidence for this is limited, but that's not what's important at these times. What's important at these nationalistic, emotional times is that it stands for, even back then, this was us, we are still us, and we're not them. And, you know, I don't like all this us and them stuff, but it isn't half coming back into fashion. True that. Uh, Tim Marshall, thank you for um, inaugurating the very first Mid-Atlantic and the what and the why.com uh, collaboration uh, special. Uh, Tim, tell us a little bit about the website and where people can catch up with your good works on the internet. That's very kind of you. Uh, the what and the why.com, it tries to say this is the what, but also this is the why that it's happening. For example, Catalonia. Um, I do a, a weekly diary on a Monday saying, right, this is what's coming up. Uh, this week. On a Friday or Saturday, I do a, both a, a blog and a video look back at, okay, this was the week and this is the stuff that happened in it. But I don't just say what happened. For example, Rex Tillerson did not resign, despite uh, rumours that he was about to. I'll say, nevertheless, this is what it means that it, things got to such a stage that he was forced to go on television and say, by the way, I'm not resigning held a whole press conference just for that reason. So it tries to do the, the whys of uh, news as well. And um, yeah, there's three or four, maybe five times a week, there's something new up there. Um, as I said, everybody, uh, we're going to be doing this as, as, a, as a regular thing, schedules permitting. Um, not an easy thing to organise if one person is in San Francisco and the other one is in London, but we will be doing this again. Um, that has been us um, at Mid-Atlantic. You can catch me on Twitter where I'm at Royfield. If you want badly spelt grammatically incorrect tweets, um, I've got those in spades. Uh, you can follow the show we are where we are Mid-Atlantic Show, at Mid-Atlantic Show, sorry, on Twitter. On Facebook, we do have a page. It's Mid-Atlantic Show. And also the website is midatlanticshow.com. See you all again soon. That was fab. Nice and succinct and short, mate. Great. <laughs> Thank you, Rachel. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.